Well, the weather outside is frightful, but this is Geek Top 5! Yay! I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And boy, with the last couple of weeks of doozy, we picked the best five out of the bunch to bring to you. Number five on the list, and the fact that this is number five tells you how many cool things happened this time around. Definitely. Amazon and Netflix are apparently in competition for the television rights to The Lord of the Rings. There's so much about this. Yeah. That is interesting. Like, okay, to start off, yes, that Lord of the Rings, the one that's the really famous high fantasy book that there was already, like, record-breaking movies made for. Yeah, that, and the, it's not like they skipped on the material when they did the movies. There's, like, 12 well, I mean, hours worth of movies there. They did skip some, but yeah, there's plenty, Look, like, the story is finished. Is, anyone, is anyone missing Tom Bombadil? I know people who miss him. Oh we used God. to know a guy who missed Tom Bombadil. <laughs> but, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, 2001 to 2003, The Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, Return of the King, estimated that they spent at most $330 million, making them over a period of eight years. Each movie worldwide grossed over $2.9 billion. Okay, so that's they spent three hundred and thirty million on the whole thing, and they made three thousand million dollars <laughs> per movie. Uh, before we get too far into the the pie in the sky of this, I just want to talk about I don't know the greed of this. I know and that the, it seems the, yeah, exactly. They've already made these movies; they're fantastic, and they made all the money in the world. Yeah, and now they want to do it again. And it's uh, I, you know, if it was just. Warner Brothers are like a corporate interest doing it. I would be like, well, that's par for the course. These the these are are insatiable beasts. You know, they just eat up money as fast as they can get it. But it's also the Tolkien estates that are are getting money out of this. And it's oh, like yeah. these are Tolkien's kids and grandkids. Have they ever had to work a day in their life? Are they all just living off of the the three books that they're? I, listen, Christopher dude Tolkien made? keeps publishing new material. His I mean, it's all yeah, it's all basic his father's yeah. material. But he's doing something. He's published more books than I have. I guess I yeah. don't know. Oh, I listen. feel a little skeevy about the whole thing. Yeah, nobody involved in this is doing it because the world needs a known Lord of the Rings TV show. Right? They're doing it because they're trying to hop on that Game of Thrones bandwagon. Yeah, which I, I got to tell you guys, I don't, I don't know if you've read Lord of the Rings or even watched those movies, but that that world does not fit into the Game of Thrones whole. Yeah. Like, for starters, let's get it right out there. If you're remaking The Fellowship, who's going to have the sex? <laughs> yeah, there are no yeah. women. Say what you will, This the, the, the stuff The Lord of the Rings, they started writing it over a hundred years ago. As a consequence of its time, 99% of the characters <laughs> in this story are straight white men. <laughs> or hobbits, or elves. <laughs> but yes, they, yeah, it's all very yeah. uh, un-PC by today's standards. And it doesn't fit the... I mean, listen, Game of Thrones does have some great acting and some great characters and all that, but it relies on that sort of sex and violence thing to yeah. get it going. And there's, that's, there's taboo with it, you know? it's a, You feel a little naughty watching it. No one feels naughty watching Lord of the Rings. No, Lord of the Rings is so pristine. Yeah. And I don't understand why Netflix is going after this, other than the fact that Netflix seems to have a, a hand in everything of value these days. But they've got the Marvel stuff. They've got all sorts of franchises already. Let Amazon try and fail with this Lord of the Rings thing. <laughs> like, why bother with this? It's like, throw Amazon a bone? Kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, they haven't... Yeah, it, it's, it still seems weird to me that other places are still trying to do streaming. It would be like if someone else tried to set up a national mail service. Right. 
Right. You know, Canada Post kind of has that as locked in <laughs> as it's going to get. This is the same thing. People don't talk about watching things by streaming download. They talk yeah. about watching it on Netflix. Right. And the first thing you say is, is it on Netflix? And if it's not, then you do your research and say, is it on any of these other stupid... And if it, is it worth me going to the extra effort to get one of those things? Exactly. I, I feel like half the people I know who have watched stuff on Amazon, it's like they forgot to undo their free trial subscription. And they're like, well, I've got it now. I guess I can watch The Tick or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's the same for all of them. Even, even bloody CBS. Yes, all access. Yeah. It's like they have Star Trek and what? Young Sheldon is like the- that's not on all access. I mean, I guess it is on all access, but it's not exclusive. The okay, other exclusive yeah. is uh, the Good Fight, the Good Wife spinoff. Right. So yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. No, if you're going to distribute television, Netflix is the place to go. They won. Get over it. Yeah. Uh, but even then, I don't know that we need to see that story again. Seriously, it's like it's it's not even been like. 50 years. Give it time. Let the technology advance. I know. I watched the trilogy again recently, and some of the effects aren't that great. But we haven't gone far enough to make a significant difference. Yeah, and it's still perfectly watchable. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, and we're going to do very, very briefly a very deep dive. Okay. (laughs) Because I was thinking about this. I was thinking, well, what if they're not going to do the story of the Fellowship and of the War of the Ring? What if they're doing some of that other Tolkien material that's out there, like stuff from the Silmarillion? Like, I was thinking Akalabeth, the story of Numenor, is a story about a human kingdom. It's the greatest human kingdom ever, but they get corrupted by Sauron, and they turn away from the gods, and things go bad, and everything. Like... That's kind of, you know, that sort of fits with modern TV, with the gritty thing. You get like good people who should be good doing bad things. Like, I guess so, but I think like, you got to start with the base of the, the original trilogy, right? But if you do, then we already have that, and we don't right. need it. Like, it just circles back. I'm just saying, maybe the way out of this stupid hole mm-hmm. is do some of that other material that's out there. There are cool stories. Do Turin Turin Bar. Do the children of Huron. Like, there's all kinds of other material, so maybe I could see that. Look, I'm I'm into nerdy geek stuff. I do a podcast on it. I know. This is, like I said, this is a deep. And, not, like, and the as, as you were listing the titles of those things, I could feel my eyes rolling to the back of my head. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, I think we both agree doing the story of the One Ring again is preposterous. Yeah. It's... It won't work in television. It'll they, only be compared to what yeah. came before. Unfavorably. Probably unfavorably. There's no reason to do it. I'm saying if they're going to sign this ridiculous deal, which they're shopping around, they're saying the deal is worth $250 million, yeah. which is why HBO isn't involved, because they don't have that kind of money to waste. And why? Yeah, why bother? I mean, they get yeah. the Game of Thrones of it all. But if you're going to do it with that much money... Maybe some of that other material. Like I think I feel like that's the way out. Mm-hmm. And maybe I would be interested in watching that because like, I like that world a lot, and mm-hmm. I would be willing to watch more of it. I, it's their money to spend, I guess. I, I say Netflix, let Amazon have it. Don't <laughs> give them a try. Don't don't go into this. That's very kind of you. <laughs> Number four, Pacific Rim, my favorite movie. Is it your favorite movie ever? It might be my favorite movie ever. Not because it's a brilliant movie, but because this movie is the... It it, it encapsulates that joy of boyhood. I feel like if you were to have made a movie at some point in your life, it would have been Pacific Rim. Yeah. Like, all the, like of being a six-year-old boy and into monsters and giant robots, one of those six-year-old boys grew up and became Guillermo del Toro, <laughs> and he had all the money to spend bringing that like imagination to life. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about it. 
They announced the sequel. We've talked about it. Del Toro's barely involved anymore. Um, I didn't like the trailer very much. Other folks thought it was okay. That's fine. Um, we got a report published. About, uh, some reporters were invited onto the set, essentially. And, hey, yeah. take a look. And they came back with their, like, here's what you need to know about the sequel. And it read like a list of, like, accusations <laughs> in a court. Like, like, this is supposed to be the stuff they're talking about to promote the movie. And it, it sounded like the, like a warden reading this off. They're like, here, I cherry-picked some of my favorites. Again, this is to entice you to see Pacific Rim 2. Little of Del Toro's original script is left. I cherry-picked the best part of three scripts, only one of which was Del Toro's. Another point uh, from later on that just adds to that is that it, even with that, the script wasn't finished by the time they started shooting. So they started they from st- an incomplete, cherry-picked, Frankenstein script. Yeah. Which and is, this is a promo- how they're promoting it. Right, and that seems weird because, quote... Due to production constraints, the final script was put together in about three weeks. Yeah. Really? They only spent three weeks writing the script, and they still had to start production before that? This is this is uh, sounding like Suicide Squad already. Yeah. All right, here's another good one. The film has been aged down significantly from the first movie. We wanted to make this concept resonate for a larger group of people. It's about giant robots punching Godzillas. If it's, if, like, if, how do you go down from that? And I mean, that's the thing. If if the first one didn't do it for you, nothing is going to make you come back for the second one. Like, if you went to see the first one or you saw the trailers for the first one and you're just like, this isn't for me. It doesn't matter how aged down you make it. You're yeah. not going to be interested. And this just goes on and on. There's 30 of these things. You can find the link at our at, at facebook.com slash geektop5. We posted the article. But it's just practical effects are gone. They're all replaced by CG. The the ro- the Jaegers, the robots are much less realistic now. They're comparing the action to a Jason Bourne movie. Right. The like, thing the thing that really stuck out to me where it was like, let's take the thing that people hate most in all of these sorts of sci-fi things and and add it to this because why not? They've got a scrappy teenager who cobbles together her own Jaeger. It's like that seems to go against everything yeah. that was in the first one. Yeah, it's, the, the it's first Wesley one, Crusher syndrome. The first one, each of these countries like put the, their entire output of their entire nation to make their one robot that represented them. But now Wesley Crusher built one. Yeah. And it's like, like I, I, I hate that in things. When there's some plucky kid who just happens to be a mechanical genius and puts together something that a whole team of engineers and scientists has to put together otherwise, nobody likes what, seeing that in a movie. Nobody sees that and is like, oh, well, that's someone I can relate to. Which, but this is what I'm saying. Everything in here, these are what people say when they're criticizing a movie that it's bad, and this is what they're using for promotional material. And... I mean, I mean, there's two things that we're kind of reporting on here. Like, the first is my personal outrage. <laughs> because I want more Pacific Rim. I love that place. I want to go back to it. But also, like, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. I mean, is this a case of they already know the movie's going to fail, but the money has been spent? And they're just... But even then, you talk up a good game until the movie comes out. I remember the interview with Patrick Stewart where he's talking about Star Trek <laughs> Nemesis. He told me that it was a, like, it, like, I was going to love it. That it was a great Star Trek movie. It was going to blow the others away. He knew it was a bad movie. But he's a star, so he talks up the movie. That's what you do. Yeah. I can't figure out... Demonstrably, this stuff came out, and they knew people wouldn't react to it favorably. No one's looking at it going, oh, more CG. Awesome. Mm-hmm. 
so what does that mean? It's like uh, those of us who are into this nerdy stuff are excited at the idea of practical effects. People who are just in it for the CG or 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 don't care if there's practical or CG aren't going to be excited by more CG. It's like if if you're going to make it all CG, just make it a cartoon. Yes. You know? A Pacific Rim cartoon TV show? That would work. Yeah. Yeah. And it would cost a fraction of the budget, and you're not losing anything in, like, realism. Mm-hmm. And and then I feel like I would be more forgiving of the plucky teenager and the, the new fancy moves that the Jaegers can do. Because they're cartoons. Because they're cartoons. Listen, this is something that I personally have been looking forward to, and I know it's going to be a disaster. And I have to imagine the people behind it know it's a disaster. But I... somewhere on the road to here, there was a point where they could have stopped... <laughs> Where someone looked at it and said, "This is just good money after bad. We have yeah. to, we just have to stop." And they didn't. And I blame you, whoever you are. <laughs> they should have stopped when Guillermo left. You they know? should have stopped when Guillermo left. Yeah, that's it. But too late now. We will hope for the best. But in this case, the best is like a two out of ten. Ugh. Critics will let us know. <laughs> yeah. Number three on the list. I can't believe this is number three. Again. This is huge. This is huge. And this is number three. And it's been such a great two weeks. (laughs) Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi is coming December 15th. We're all very excited. I've peed myself already on several occasions. I have to keep changing the chairs in here. Yeah, tell me. Why why do you think we don't have a studio anymore? (laughs) But apparently Disney already likes what they see because they've given Ryan Johnson another Star Wars trilogy. He's going to be making another trilogy of Star Wars movies. And, yeah, I, I don't even know it, what to say. It's it's very exciting. It's also a little nerve-wracking. Like It, it does, like, like, you worry about, like, dilution. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, what this is, this is clearly something that they're taking off of Rogue One. They made a Star Wars movie, and they said it's not going to be Skywalkers. It's not going to have, like, it's not going to touch on any of the big things. It's just going to be a new group of people in this world. And Rogue One did very well. And it was it was still... In the world, and it was very close to the Skywalker saga. I mean, it launches A New Hope. Yeah. But it's a good testing ground. It's like a pilot, you know? It was very safe. Mm -hmm. Darth Vader was still there. The Empire was still there. You know, they like to see see Leia. Spoilers. Yeah. You see see Yavin and the Rebels. But the characters and the things that happen to people in this movie, none of those people are our usual Star Wars people. And it worked. So now they're saying, let's go for it. Um, which I guess suits the big cinematic universe thing. Like in a sense, Star Wars already is its own cinematic universe, but they're going to do a whole new thing. The line they keep using is that it's going to be like taking place in a quarter of the galaxy that Star Wars lore has never before explored. Now I've seen some people speculating that it might be a Knights of the Old Republic thing, or like smugglers or bounty hunters or something like that, but I have a feeling... It's not going to have anything that we want to see from the the old books or anything like that. I think it's going to be like a whole new thing that might touch on some familiar things, but is going to be straight out of Ryan Johnson's imagination. I can't imagine he's read like Tales of the Bounty Hunters or whatever novels we love that that uh, so that he could just cherry pick what he wants from there. I think it's going to be a whole cloth new stuff. I mean, I think if you're making a Star Wars movie, you you do go back and read some of those. And Tales of the Bounty Hunters was great. It's but, great, but, but it doesn't count anymore. I just feel like I need to put that in there. That was a really good fair. book. It's a good, good book. But yes, I agree with you. I think they're going to be do, what they want to do is do their own characters and their own stories in the Star Wars setting. Mm-hmm. And I find have that the force, yeah, have lightsabers, have, have blasters, X-wings. yeah, all that stuff. But that's very exciting to me uh, because you know sometimes like when you have like, when you have Skywalkers. 
you're trapped in a certain arc. And I mean, like, there's a lot of reasons why prequels aren't a good idea, but that's one of them, because you know where you have to end up, so you, like, you don't have a lot of wiggle room in what you do with what's happening in those movies. And it, you're having, like, even Rogue One, like, in the end, none of those characters could ever appear again, and the Rebellion had to get the Death Star plans. Like, that's how that movie had to end. Yeah. If a whole group of new characters doing a whole group, like, a whole new thing, anything can happen. That's... I'm really jonesed about that. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's uh, it breaks free of the the Skywalker stuff, and I think after nine movies, we'll be ready for a break from that. Uh, so yeah, it's it's definitely exciting. Uh, Ryan Johnson, as far as I'm concerned, he's a fantastic director, and he's very imaginative. It, uh, all of his movies have been great to one degree or another. I mean, Brick and Looper and and hopefully Last Jedi. They're all they all look fantastic. Uh, especially Last Jedi, it looks beautiful. Looper was amazing. It's Looper just a was brilliant great. movie. And Brick was great. A high school noir. It was fantastic. So I, I have full faith in him. And he's so far we know he's writing and directing the first one. I think he's like fashioning the arc of the, the trilogy. He probably won't direct at least the second one. Maybe not the third one either. Um, I'm sure it depends on how successful everything is. Right, and, and the it, timeline. You know, if they want them every two years, that's that's a brutal pace for a director. Yeah, that's no good. That's You hear a lot about that, about the Harry Potter directors, and they had to rotate off just because the schedule was so demanding. Yeah. This will be the same thing. On the other hand, like, Lucasfilm has, you know, as we've reported, has a history with being very picky about their directors. Like, well, he's he's finished Last Jedi and they've given him this, so yeah, I must but, have a pretty good relationship with him. But if Last Jedi goes really well, and like the first of this new trilogy goes really well, and then he says, actually, I could use a break, I sort of picture, you know, the stormtroopers walking into the room. <laughs> it's like, why don't you sit back down, sir? So the other piece of news that came out of this, uh, it was uh, some uh, call to shareholders or whatever, but they said that uh, there's also going to be a live-action Star Wars TV show launching on their streaming service yeah. in 2019. Which, so there you go. Now we have to go get the Disney streaming service. Like, even with the Marvel movies, it was kind of shaky, but now there's going to be a Star Wars yeah. TV show. And, and if anyone, Damn it. If anyone can, could compete against Netflix... Disney's got a pretty good shot. Yeah. I still hate that that's what's happening. Yeah, I agree. But it's like CBS All Access, I want to watch Star Trek on it. I don't really need to the whole rest of the, the package that comes with that subscription. With the Disney one, even if I'm getting it just to watch the Star Wars show, there's also all the Marvel movies, all the Disney movies. There's Marvel TV everything. shows, like the cartoons yeah. and stuff is going to be on there. Like That's a pretty impressive library. Uh, which we'll come back to later about Disney ruling the world. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so new Star Wars TV show, new Star Wars trilogy. Like, we're always a little worried about them diluting it. Like, is this where Star Wars starts to stop being awesome? But so far, so good. So we're knocking on wood. Yeah. Number two on the list, Brian Michael Bendis. Would you say Brian Michael Bendis is the voice of Marvel, or that Marvel is the voice of <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis? Uh, he is he is the the main voice of Marvel for sure. He's got his own solo stuff too, though. So it's like he's 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 not totally tied to Marvel, but Marvel owes a lot to him, right. especially he's, in how their their everything is going lately. Yeah, he's behind the Ultimate stuff, uh, specifically Ultimate Spider Man. But I understand the Ultimate Universe in general. He wasn't that... behind. He didn't create it, but he was originally brought on to write Ultimate Spider-Man and Ultimate X-Men. He was a little trepidatious about doing Ultimate X-Men at the beginning, so he just stuck with Spider-Man. They brought in Mark Miller to do Ultimate X-Men. Eventually, 
Uh, Bendis even took over Ultimate X-Men. He also worked on the Ultimate Fantastic Four. He was the main architect for the Ultimate side of of Marvel for years. Yeah, the Ultimate Comics being like sort of the relaunch for the 21st century that like brought all the characters up to date again. You know, really good consistently. Yeah, Peter Parker wasn't a photographer for the Daily Bugle. He was a webmaster. Uh, there was the, just uh, this updating of the characters and of the stories, mm-hmm. and it was really well done. And that was all him until now. <laughs> He's decided to leave Marvel and sign an exclusive deal with DC. Which, which is like Ronald McDonald leaving McDonald's <laughs> and signing an exclusive deal with Burger King. In fact, the, the closest thing to it in the comic book world that people talk about is when Jack Kirby, the creator or co-creator of Captain America, the Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, the Avengers, he left Marvel at one point and went to DC as well to on, on an exclusive contract. He worked on a Jimmy Olsen comic. He invented the Mr. Miracle and all those characters. Yeah, obviously, yeah, you move from, like, you know, nobody's like the Hulk to right. Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> How could you resist? I think it was the creative freedom. Anyway, that's a whole other <laughs> yeah. conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's gone. Not only did he leave Marvel, but he's exclusively with DC, which I think we like this. I've read a lot of like, here's why we think that might have happened, but he hasn't come out and been. Is there any interesting speculation? Well, just that uh, he, you know, uh, he had been the, the highest selling writer at Marvel for, for a long time, but those sales numbers, even on his, his biggest books, have, have toned down. Like, he does this infamous Iron Man book where it's uh, Doctor Doom trying to be a superhero. Right. And it's, it's a great read, but it, the numbers weren't there. And it's, uh, you know, he said it ended naturally and it was folding back into the main Iron Man title but the sales were never there so maybe Mm. it was natural maybe it wasn't so the thinking is his contract with marvel was was coming up uh and it because of stuff like that it wasn't likely that he would get a raise but if he goes to dc could get a raise there he's not he can't be involved with the the uh marvel movies because of the way the division of labor is there there's uh there's these fiefdoms within marvel apparently which is a whole other thing so the comic guys Mm. who used to be able to have a voice in the movies have sort of been siloed out of that at dc they don't have that problem he could be involved in in dc they don't have any movies they have their own problems yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you know he could have a say in in those the dc movies going forward it's it's very interesting. I, we don't know if any of that is true, but yeah. that's the scuttlebutt. That's what's being talked about. Um, but now Marvel is left with a big hole to fill, and the question is, what is he going to write at DC? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of great options. I mean, they've got the most iconic characters in the world, but all of their characters are ridiculously overpowered, and I find Bendis works best with characters that are a bit more grounded. And DC has their, their own characters like that, but I don't know that Bendis would ne- necessarily be a good fit with, say, uh, Superman. Maybe Wonder Woman. Definitely Batman. I could, I'd love to see him hmm. take a spin with Batman. Maybe. You know, like the, like the joke I heard was making like, like a gritty, like a living on the streets kind of Zatanna. Yeah. Uh, I think people are saying, like, a Zatanna, Jessica Jones, essentially. Well, there's but... a character who, like Jessica Jones that DC already has. is Renee Montoya, who you may remember from the Batman animated series. She became a, a comic book character after that. And uh, she is now The Question, who's a, a, you know, private eye. He wears this, or she wears this mask where she doesn't have a face. It's kind of okay. neat. But she's very much in the Jessica Jones mold. She's the proto-Jessica Jones. She's... Doesn't take any guff. She... But does Brian Michael Bendis want to write the question, or does he want to write well, Batman? Like, if you get Brian Michael Bendis, 
you know, I, I I agree up to a point, but his best work on on the Marvel stuff was creating new characters that stick. Like a lot of times, characters get created, and uh, there'll be a one writer's sort of pet character, and then they disappear or they never catch on quite right. He created Miles Morales, who's the the Black Spider-Man, who is an amazing, great character. He's in all sorts of titles now. A bunch of writers have taken him on because he's just a fun character to write. There's Ironheart, the 15-year-old... Oh, Riri Williams. Riri Williams. (laughs) She's becoming a a big deal as well. She's very popular in the fan community because of the representation. Jessica Jones. Oh, she has her own TV show now. Wouldn't exist without Brian Michael Bendis, who invented the character. So he has the opportunity to create some actual new iconic DC characters, which is a big deal. That is a big deal. I stand corrected. Seems like there's a brighter future than what I expected. (laughs) Number one on the list, speaking of Marvel, speaking of Disney, speaking of conglomeration, speaking of not being able to get different characters, everything sort of, all this news ties together into this number one. As reported by CNBC and then later uh, confirmed by Bloomberg, there are talks that Disney wants to buy 21st Century Fox. Now, the concept being, I know, I know, but let me just get through the news part first. 21st Century Fox being the entertainment arm of Fox. The idea being then that Fox as a company would focus heavily on sports and news, which they can keep. Uh, <laughs> I also wouldn't get the Fox TV channel because Disney already owns ABC and there's all sorts of like can't have yeah the monopoly although although although, although. yeah <laughs> which this deal would result in Disney dominating that um, and there's two sides to look at this the first side is that Disney and as a consequence Marvel would regain their lost superhero licenses. So finally, we could have a movie with the X-Men and the Avengers and the Fantastic Four and Legion, (laughs) like, all happening at the same time, the way it was meant to be. Finally, Disney would fully control everything about Star Wars. Uh, The distribution rights for that, especially for A New Hope, I think, Uh are still exclusively controlled by Fox. And a lot of the Star Wars... Fans, let's go with fans, who really want the the pre-special edition version of the movies. The scuttlebutt is that Disney is deliberately not making them because they won't control the distribution rights. Mm. So maybe if they get those, you can have your you know, original unedited versions yeah, of Star Wars back. Need it too. Exactly. It sounds like this would take all the things we love and allow Disney to sell them to us. Which... <laughs> <laughs> Right? You start to see where it starts to break down. Because it would mean that Disney would own everything. There's there's so many great things from it from just a pure fanboy perspective. I mean, all the things you said, plus the fact that they would stop trying to make the Inhumans work. Yeah. The Inhumans are not interesting characters, and the X-Men have sort of gotten a bit sidelined in the comics, and the Inhumans have had to replace them, and and they've been added to the TV shows, when really all anyone wants is mutants. We've seen this for, like, same thing with Fantastic Four. A lot of those, like, the comics of characters who aren't in Marvel movies are really suffering. Yeah. And even, like, the makeup of teams of characters in the Marvel comics sort of have to reflect what's happening in the movies. Which, okay, they're, they're trying, you know, it's synchronicity. They're trying to sell it. Getting the X-Men back would be huge. Mm-hmm. But Disney already, I mean, it's a very happy company. But it's a major monotheist, monotheistic is the wrong word. <laughs> 
monopolistic. <laughs> it's a major monopolistic corporation. Mon- monotheistic, depending on how you feel about the mouse. <laughs> and like the mo- and you know they don't always do what's best for people, as companies tend to do. The most recent one is this controversy came out with the L.A. Times. Right. They reported on Disney's relations with the city of Anaheim. Like, in terms of, like, they're taking advantage of a bunch of tax breaks. Like, basically, they're kind of screwing over the people there. Mm. Taking advantage of loopholes and tax laws and the like to support. And as a result, Disney banned their reporters from, like, their movie reviews and stuff. Now, there was, like, a backlash to this. And all these reporting arms suddenly said, well, we're not going to talk to Disney until you're rescinded. And they did. They caved. But, yeah, Disney is not a good guy in terms of how, like, you know, these personifications of companies go. They're already kind of unstoppable, owning Lucasfilm and Marvel, giving them Fox as well. It's like, you remember the plot of um, Inception? Like The reason they were going into that guy's dreams is because he was going to own the entire thing, and right. no one would ever be able to stop his... That's what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind it's, of scary. It's definitely scary. It's it's a lot of power in, in one company's hands. They already... You know, control all of your theme park dreams. Like, all the best theme parks, for the most part, are, are Disney theme parks. And just adding all this stuff to them would be would be another thing for them to trot out. They, you know, they own most movie weekends of, of the year. Adding this to it would just, you know, more weekends taken up by, by these Disney movies winning the day. At what point do, do other movie studios just throw up their arms and be like, well, what's the point? Yeah, how can you compete? How can you stop them? Yeah. On the other hand, so the Avengers, and they meet the X-Men, and of course there's a misunderstanding, so first they fight, right? <laughs> so, like, like Captain America fights Wolverine. Right. Which is odd. And then they recognize their misunderstandings and go to fight, like, a bigger enemy. I don't know if, you know, maybe you bring back Galactus and yeah. try to do him properly. Maybe you do Onslaught. Which would be great, like you start with the evil Xavier thing and you then know. turn it into Onslaught. And, you know, something that, that it w- they would need from the X-Men universe, but also is a storyline that involved everyone. So there's there's definitely... Yeah, the whole first Secret Wars. Yeah. Like, oh, that'd be great. Right? Oh. But the, I think <laughs> oh, my the, gosh. The problem is, it's like, if you go in to one of those frozen yogurt stores and they're like, oh, our scale is broken, so you can just have whatever you want and we're not going to charge you. Let's say this is an imaginary world where this I, happens. Okay. So <laughs> we're instead of getting... to see where this is going. Instead of getting your usual frozen yogurt, which is like maybe a couple toppings and, and a little thing, you're like, I got to go nuts. I've got everything now. I need to have... 14 flavors of, of uh, frozen yogurt in my dish. I gotta put the cherries in there, and the chocolate sauce, and the caramel, and the fudge, and, and the Twizzlers. Okay, okay, so are the, are the toppings... Uh, the no. characters. Okay, help me out here. Where, where is this going? <laughs> Where I'm going is, that's too much. You're never gonna be able to finish that. You're gonna get it halfway through and be like, ugh, this is too much, I made a mistake, and throw it out. That's what's gonna happen if they have all this stuff. They're gonna overdo it with the movies, there's gonna be too many characters, there's gonna be no plot... And it's going to get so complicated having to keep track of it all. It's hard enough with just the Marvel stuff. The X-Men stuff, they don't even try to keep them connected or straight as to the continuity. So at least there you can just sort of enjoy the movies on a one-to-one basis. But with the Marvel stuff, at this point, you need a, a you know a GPS to navigate the viewing as it is. If you add the Fantastic Four and the X-Men franchises to this, and you have them interweave with those movies, ugh. 
It's exhausting. But can you honestly tell me you don't want to see a good Fantastic Four movie? I would love to see a good Fantastic Four movie. That maybe crosses over and they meet Doctor Strange or they meet Captain America. That would be good, but, you know, and people talk about that. The Thing fights the Hulk. That would be fine. But the thing is that people talk about that sort of stuff with the Marvel Universe. That's what set it apart from DC at the beginning. Any character could bump into any other. At this point in the Marvel movies, it's not can they bump into each other? It's like, which ones are going to bump into each other in this movie? At this point, it feels mandatory. And at a certain point, I would like to just see a Fantastic Four movie that's just the Fantastic Four. You know what I mean? I don't... I I want... They are at their best when it's a family dynamic. And that dynamic, you can disrupt it later on, but I want a few movies where I'm just seeing the Fantastic Four. And the X-Men is its own pocket universe at, at the best of times within the Marvel comics. They should stay in their own pocket universe. You can have, like, a crossover movie where the universes collide or something, but I don't want to see Wolverine popping up in every Avengers movie. Maybe not every, but, like, Deadpool and Thor. I don't you know, care about Deadpool and Thor. I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> See, they've got that on, on an animated DVD. <laughs> but I just, I don't, I don't know. I, to be fair, again, who knows what they'll do with it all. And the latest reports from Bloomberg is that these talks have stalled. So, but talks are happening and this could mean huge things. Yeah. Um, I can't believe it, I'm the one arguing against this. What what world is this? You know, I'm a sucker for crossover. <laughs> like, I love that kind of stuff. Like, if they if they somehow got Mega Man up there with the Avengers, I could die a happy man. This has the potential to be earth-shattering mm-hmm. for the way we consume our geek content. And, like, the way this podcast will work. Right. For Pete's sake. And, I mean, even going back to, to what you were saying, we were talking about the streaming service, if they get access to all of Fox's stuff, too... I mean, Netflix is suddenly the number two guy in streaming. Yeah, every Fox program is suddenly on Disney streaming service. Yeah. And cable TV is going to go out of business. Yeah. Which, I mean, maybe good riddance, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. As it is, lots of cool news, and we're going to stay on top of it. The future is looking... It looks pretty bright, but certainly it'll be different, worst-case scenario. We'll stay on that. In any case, we've got our next segment coming right up, so please stay tuned. We'll be right with you. Deep Top 5. And we're back for the second half of Geek Top 5. This week, we're joined by frequent guest David Hall... (laughs) Who is making number two? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were on the Destiny Roundtable as well. That's, you're like that's, uh, that's true. Yeah, you're a big part of the show. It wouldn't be the same without you. And uh, this week we're going to do a top five look at season two of Stranger Things. So let's put it out there. There are going to be huge spoilers here. Yeah, I feel kind of like, I wonder if maybe we should put in the front of the web page just spoilers sure. alert because man, am I getting tired of saying that? Mm-hmm. But I mean, to be fair, it's been binge worthy for like two weeks now. So if you haven't watched it, it's your fault. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. It's, <laughs> it's what eight episodes and they're an hour nine long. Episodes. Nine, nine yeah, episodes. Yeah. So if you haven't devoted That's nine right. hours of your life exclusively to this television show. This podcast is going to ruin those nine hours hey, for you. I've got a little baby, and I watched it. What's your excuse? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, they spent $8 million on each of these episodes. I mean, it is a huge show now, right? Yeah. And uh, I got to say, I love it. Uh, so, yeah, so this top five, it's... Be- before we get into okay. oh, to season oh, two, oh. let's just get your thought. What, what, was, what did you think of season one? What did I think of season one? What I loved about season one... And I think this is a thing for you know all of us in, in in our generation is that 
the media is trying to sell back our youth to us. And there are a lot of times that we see it, like I'd say like a good example is like Super 8 was a yeah. film that was like, look at all this nostalgia. You love it. And like, here's Transformers and here's, like they're just piling stuff on and some of it, like so much of it rings like really You just hear the cash register. And yeah, yeah and yeah. false. And this one, when I saw Stranger Things, I saw the voices like, they're trying to make me love this show with all these things. And then I watched it, I was like, I love this show with all these things. So I feel like, uh, you know, I was born in 85, so I was barely, uh, you know, self-aware when a lot of this stuff takes takes place. So I don't right. have the same, like, nostalgia value. Like, I didn't do a lot of the things the kids in this show mm-hmm. did. I feel like my right. co- stuff comes a little later, but yeah. I still feel a connection to it. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a, they're just great characters and it's a great Definitely. story. I think that's what yeah. captured yeah. my imagination with it. I'm just bitterly resentful of any group of people who managed to get a game of Dungeons & Dragons together. Because <laughs> yeah. I've barely ever been able to pull it off. Right. And every time I see other people doing it and having fun, I'm a little resentful. <laughs> so maybe that colors my opinion of the show somewhere. Sure. Well, I mean, I guess when you're a little kid and you have no time, then that's what you can do. Like, no, very few home entertainment systems. It's all, yes. like, you know, board games and pen and paper tabletop games at that mm. point. Although, video games did play more of a role this season than last season. Absolutely. So, let's Absolutely. get into it. Yeah. What's uh, what's number five? Okay, so so this top five, I wanted to stipulate. It's not actually the best things that are happening in this show. To me, this is the top five when I was watching be like, WTF. Uh, okay, Stranger Things, I'll let it go. Man, okay. okay, so it's not like because we all know about the best parts of Stranger Things. Everybody's talking about the best parts. These are kind of like, what? The things that didn't okay. quite hit the mark. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about it, so we could complain. All right. I'm going to be yeah. a staunch defender of this, because I'm, I'm, I've grown weary of, of people just jumping on stuff in second <laughs> season. They're like, they love it in the first season, right, and in right. second season, they're like, oh, it's all full of flaws. Right, right, it's right, not right, as good right. as the first season. Right, right. So I'm going to be the defender. Okay, okay. Preamble, though, I do love season two. And okay. these are, this was a hard list for me to compile. <laughs> so, right. uh, so number five is Steve's character change. And I think the thing is... Season one, we had this guy, and he was, like, the jock um, boyfriend of the girl. And then there's, like, that that other guy who's, like, you know, he's artsy. He takes photos, and we're supposed to root for him. And then she's a jock who's, like, ugh. But he's, now... He's now, slapping the metaphorical books at everybody's that's, hands. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. And, and so this season, though, Steve is, like, this new man. And he's, like, a babysitter to the kids. And he's, like, this cool dude with awesome hair. All right, but in, to defend the show, as I feel yeah, I must, yeah. he went through something traumatic at the end of the season one, and it bonded him with everyone else. Yes, yeah. he's had a year of a loving relationship with a, a nice young lady. That's mm-hmm. probably mellowed him, and the kids are a little older, so maybe he can relate to them more. <laughs> I feel like I would focus more on the former. That yeah, he went through this yes. terrible yes. thing. Yes, but yeah, but you're saying like you're saying that the, the reinvention of the character seems a little too sudden. Is well, what you're I, getting at, or? It's more just like why? Like why do we have to all of a sudden do this to this character? Like he he's, he he fit a role specifically in the first season, and now they're just like, oh, we actually like this dude now. Let's just make an arc for him when it's like 
he was like this sort of fringe character and now we're like bringing him into this like making him the cool dude the spotlight is shining on him I, I will say the one sort of downside of them doing that is so Jonathan is the artsy other character who's mm-hmm. the, the romantic rival for him yeah. was so uninteresting this season like right. he's such a bland that's cipher. such a jock thing to say I guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve yeah. outshines him yes. at every turn like he's he doesn't he's lost the girl completely he's yeah. no rival at all and yet he's so much more interesting than Jonathan yes. is this season and and so this is like so on the flip side of but the uh, oh Stranger Things is that they actually made Steve really cool yeah. and I actually <laughs> really do enjoy him and everything that he does you're like oh man you're such a good guy and I'm like why am I saying this to that asshole from season one but now I'm like man what a guy I just want to be your best bud. So that's 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 the the flip side. So this is like a Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Like they took Raiden and they made him the ninja. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. I mean, and you know, the behind the scenes is that like they cast yeah. this guy to be the jerk, and and throughout season one, they ended up really liking the actor yes. and like couldn't that's bring right. him to be as bad as yeah. as they wanted him to yeah. be. So they bring in the other guy who we'll talk about later. And you can't have, like, two bully characters, yeah, so they have to... You always have two bully characters. <laughs> but Bulk and like, Skull. Uh, like, but they wouldn't be... He, he, Rocksteady and them, Bebop. Neither of them are in a sidekick position. Like, right. you couldn't reduce Steve to be a sidekick. Mm, and right. this guy is such an alpha jerk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Should we go to number four? Sure. Okay, so number four is Bob referencing Goonies. And so, if yeah. you know... Bob is Samwise, is also our main hero, protagonist in Goonies, and he doesn't outright say Goonies, but he talks about X marks a spot, which if you guys know Goonies, and that's yeah. a huge part of it, and so it's the actor playing that character, he references it, and it takes out of the moment, obviously, of we're watching Stranger Things, and all of a sudden we go, oh yes, you're an actor. I, I get it. I guess so. I'm not a huge Goonies guy, so that one, whoosh, that one, like right over my head. I think I've seen the Goonies once. It was you know, the, you know the Hey You Guys and all the other Goonies. I know truffle. the Truffle Shuffle. The, you know, the truffle. I know yeah. Chunk. Yes, yeah. and that's about exactly. it. Right. But is that a specific? I mean, I guess it is kind of a big part of it. But like, you know, Indiana Jones also as X marks the spot. Like, oh, love it, that in uh, uh, Last Crusade. Yeah. Oh, so- <laughs> I, what I'm saying is that I feel like yes. it, it can be brought... Now, you're right. The fact that they have that actor say That's it. That's right. Yeah. See, I find that interesting because when I initially saw that on the list you had proposed, mm-hmm. I was interpreting it as just... A, because there are, there are some similarities between characters in Goonies and in Stranger right, Things. Right, 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 yeah. right, And it always bugs me when show, like, shows like that get a little meta. Like, it's mm-hmm. always a little strange. Mm-hmm. Like, do these people on TV yes. also have that show. TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But so yeah. is that also part of it, or is it just that this one line kind of? Well, that's the thing. You I just mean, drew that connection. We, we haven't seen Goonies in Stranger Things. That hasn't happened. Although that would be like that would like really mess it up. But <laughs> yeah. but it was a point that they knew it was a reference. Like it was set up that way in you know interviews with the Duffer Brothers. They mentioned that they okay, wanted so like, to put so it. Like in. he said it, and then he stopped and winked yeah, at the camera. Exactly, that kind exactly. of thing. And that's the thing. So once again. It's not a deal breaker. I'm still like, I was Stranger Things. You're fine. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, really? You gonna you gonna do that? You gonna put the X in there? Okay, whatever. But yeah. I mean, I would Bob have seen it? Probably not. You know, well, he's a, he's a, he was a big nerd. He's a big nerd. <laughs> yeah. What well, was Goonies pitched to nerds or was it pitched to kids? Uh, this guy loves like kid 
kid movies too, right? <laughs> what so, are you saying about so, Bob? Right? Are you yeah. disparaging? Yeah. Well, the Bob? thing about Bob is also Superhero. what's hilarious about Bob is like they made him like the most ridiculous of nice guys possible. Yeah, right. And uh, and he was actually supposed to die earlier, but they kept them around. It, it sounds to me like, it, like it, if anything, it sounds like he's closer to playing Samwise than to playing a Goonies character. <laughs> he was, yeah, I, yeah, that was what I found distracting. Where right. I was like, every line I wanted to end with him, with him saying like Mr. Frodo or and something. He was just like, yeah, like, are they? How hairy are they? <laughs> yeah. He yeah. he was great though. He really won me over. Like in yes. the first couple episodes, I was like, this guy is obnoxious, <laughs> and he like his advice. Is what puts Will in danger. Oh, yeah. What horrible advice! Yeah. Horrible advice, yeah. and uh, and yet by the end, I was like, when I saw the his death coming, I was yes. like, no! I was yelling <laughs> at my computer screen, like, don't do it! <laughs> uh, you know, he. I got very attached yes, to him. He, he was, was a hero. You know, uh, the internet glommed onto Barb in season one yes. as this like yeah. breakout character, and I honestly. Didn't, I mean, I, I find it funny that they decided to do that. Like, it became mm-hmm. this whole meme. Yeah. But she didn't mean anything to me in, over the course of the show. Right, like, right. it didn't bother me when she died. Right. With Bob, I was like, no, Bob! <laughs> was there for you the whole time. Yeah. He was. The whole yeah. struggle, the whole long yeah, walk. right to the end. <laughs> right, yeah. Share the load. <laughs> yeah, he carried me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number three, protecting the polywog. So, early on... Uh, Dustin finds a baby demon, De- yeah, the monster from yeah. the first one, and but we don't know that. We initially. don't know that initially, no. but we all know that initially. He, it's not like it was cute. It right? wasn't cute at no. all. It was small, yes, terrifying as well. <laughs> like yeah. you just don't keep something like that around. And as a kid, you could go, oh well, you know, kids like gross things. Yeah. They play with worms. They play with spiders. Yada yada, which. Okay, maybe he discovered this new species of his, but when he sees it grow in front of his eyes, where these back legs pop out, you know you already fought a demigorgon. <laughs> like, I know you're a kid, but you're not that dumb, right? Well, now, you, the thing is, though, do we know that it was done because he was dumb, or is it because he's thinking, hey, maybe he can raise this one and it can be like a pet, like... I don't like, think... as an adult, our reaction is to say, oh, shit, like, monster. Mm. I don't but, think he... Like, if he had an inkling that it was going to become a Demogorgon, I don't think he would have tried to raise it or anything like that. I think uh, he just thought it was, like, a weird everybody friend. Everybody was like, let's murder this. And he's like, nope. Yeah. Like, but <laughs> I don't think he thought it was a Demogorgon. I thought he was, thought it was like, right. a weird thing. No, but I didn't yeah, think he could, you. like, I, raise it right. right. I don't think that he did think that it was going to be a Demogorgon, but the idea that... You see something, it grows in front of your eyes, back legs. It's, you know, eating things. I mean, granted, at that point, it wasn't eating things. But everybody else is like, we should murder this. And he's like, you know what I'll do is I'll hide it under my baseball cap and not tell anybody about it. It's a bit strange. It's well, a bit of a stretch. There have been Stranger Things. Oh. Ah, uh, oh, you beat up. Uh, sorry. sorry. That's, that, that's my job. You took my job. Sorry. Uh, but, but again, I think it comes down to the character's intent. Like, if his yeah. intent is, oh, I think everything will be fine. It's like, well, you did go to a parallel hell dimension last year. That was my You probably learned yeah. some lessons. But if it's like, maybe I can change this around and mm-hmm. we can sort of have like a, yeah, you see this all the yeah, time yeah, with yeah, a, yeah. Like the monster who's going to fight right. with the people. Right. Teach, and and I think maybe originally they tried to make it that way because later on that's sort of how it 
that tries to play it off as, as in, oh, you weren't raised right, but if I raise you, I'll make you, you know, good. teach you to love. Yeah, it's sort of a pray yes, thing. Exactly, but that didn't actually happen. It, yeah. At least it didn't come across that way to me. But if it, if it was that way, then it, it would have worked for sure. But once again, I still like, eh, okay. Like you can still yeah. you can sort of like make this stuff in your head and be like. Well, I guess you can keep it under your cap and have some fun with it. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess when it comes right down to it, they had to have something for Dustin to do. Like, well, that's, but that and that's a problem. I know. Right? And that's like, a we'll problem. just well, give something for somebody to yeah. do. Yeah, right. But I mean, like, you have to, like, you have to reverse engineer this. Like, obviously, we don't have a parallel hell dimension. But suppose some kid ended up in like was in Australia or something. Yes. They got plenty of freaky stuff there. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. And found some horrible poisonous, I guess, venomous thing. Actually, they're probably both in yeah. Australia. Some yeah. poisonous venomous thing, and figured maybe I'll like raise this cool looking creature thing. Like I can see a kid doing that. Mm. And yeah, it's mm. dumb mm. because yeah. the kid doesn't understand. You know, this is the scorpion and the dog. At some point, this horrible Australian outback monster right. is going to devour him. <laughs> but like, but I can I see that as a very childlike quality. It's like a childhood innocence thing. I yeah, really yeah. buy that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, know, I, 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 this is probably the one I have the hardest time defending. As much as I enjoyed the storyline, I like Dustin hiding it and the, the whole... The whole arc of it, it's hard to justify. Yeah. You know? Because it is, when you, in the cold light of day, yeah, it was a terrible decision and it probably isn't something that Dustin would have done. That being said, I did enjoy watching it. That's know? what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Story it's arc. it still makes for good yeah, TV. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. And that's it. I get why they did it. Mm-hmm. But I just imagine that if all my friends are telling me we should murder this thing. Oh, David, if all your friends demon. jumped off a bridge. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, you all your friends yeah. told you yeah. your dog was a demon from the upside down, <laughs> yeah. would you kill it with would them? You kill- That's right. That's right. You would. Yeah. All right. Well, really? Uh, good uh, to know. Yeah. Well, we got to yeah. start a campaign or something just like, to, to kill Dave's dog. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, number two Billy is supposed to be hot. So, going back to, there's only supposed to be one bully in this series. Yeah. We have a new character. He arrives on the scene, and we can, like, you can play it out, right? Is that, like, this badass car drives up into the school parking lot. It's, like, parked in two spaces. And, <laughs> like, you know, the music's going, and the door flips open. We see this guy strut in these tight jeans. And these three girls are like, mm-mm. Tight jeans, <laughs> right? And then, and then you have this moment. The camera comes up, and then his head swings around, and it has this most ludicrous hair you have ever seen. A horrible wig. Hey man, it was the eighties. He's, he's got facial hair that's dyed. Okay, and it's like super kind of pervy. <laughs> then he's got totally different colored eyebrows, and you're like, this is the guy. He's the guy who's supposed to be super hot? Listen, I I can't speak with any great, you know, authority on the the attractiveness the of this hotness right, right. Of, or of this man particularly. Right, right, right. But my wife found him quite attractive. Is all in I can that say. Moment? Maybe not in that <laughs> moment. Certainly in the shower <laughs> moment. <laughs> or at the seducing the mom moment. Right. I understand like later on it's like, oh, he has no shirt and he's quite ripped. Yeah, I get and this is the thing. I feel like the three of us, you know, were hetero guys, and but but there's a, there's a point when you can look at yeah. somebody empirically, like you go like Brad Pitt 
I understand why people find him attractive. Yeah. You know, like, there's certain people, like, Chris, like, Thor just came out. Thor, great Certainly movie, right? Attractive man. And you know that guy? Standards. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And you look at that guy, you go, wow, you're a god, right? Like, there yeah. you go, right? It happens. But this guy, with the perv stash, <laughs> yeah, but with you, the what? hair that's, like, <laughs> plastered onto his head, like, it was kind of, like, patchwork mealy. Like, I'm surprised that there was, like, a shave chunk. Like, it looked yeah. ridiculous. Okay. But what you call a perv stash, was that a perv stash in the 80s? Again, yeah, I, think I think it might have just right. been a stash. Right. It might have just been a mustache. It might have been a dangerously rebellious yeah. mustache. <laughs> a mustache that says, I'm growing whatever mustache I want. Oh, right. Authority. Honestly, I have a harder time buying Steve as the, the stud that he's supposed I to be. I also, yeah, well, the first season, yeah, when he was knocking books out of hands, you're like, this guy? Yeah. This guy? He's like, he's super kind of scrawny. He's, exactly he's kind of got a weird face. Yeah, and he's, he's got very nice bullies. hair. Like, honestly, very nice hair. Right, right. That is undeniable. Definitely, definitely. But I didn't quite get why everyone was, like, fawning over him. Yeah, I, to, yeah. I, in my head, in my head canon, I was like, well, it's a small town. There's limited options. The hottest guy in the right. town. I yeah, can accept why not? that because of the hair. And that's the thing yeah. is they basically they showed <laughs> they introduced Billy as this new Steve, yeah. Steve one, and 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 they're like, except his hair's worse. Yeah, like he's just like not. But he's got a this, better body. He's later on we find out he has a better body. He fills he's in the rock, jeans he's pretty well. I mean, body. yeah, but. And this this reveal it's mainly this 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 whole sequence of events later on say what you will about this character but in this sequence of events you're just like nope like it's just a big no go I don't think so I can't imagine anybody actually looking at him and be like yeah that's the guy like their tongues are out right when he David does- Hull are you maybe. A little jealous. I'm super jealous. I'm so jealous of Billy. Absolutely. There's no. I, just, I saw. It, I was like, I, that's yeah. I, I would have been. I was like, I could be the cool guy in this town. Man, let me go to this town. I'm just. It yeah, seems absolutely. like this one moment absolutely that you're right. really fixated. You're absolutely right. I, uh, I am, you're absolutely right. I think uh, what would really settle right. this is if we could find some. High school girls from the 80s to really right. like weigh in on the is. legitimacy well, of that so, reaction. So this is, well, okay. Going, yeah. going back to this, though, and this is why it's on the list where it's like, what? Okay. Is like, once again, it wasn't like this is a game breaking thing for me, obviously. <laughs> but, but it is kind of like one of these moments where I wanted to bring this up. So in the comment section, girls can chime in and be like, yeah. no, he was super sexy. Like, somebody validate like that he was because in my eyes, I'm like, no, like hard pass. We will have please. we'll have the email address uh, towards uh, at the end of this, and please, yeah. we gotta hear from people <laughs> their thoughts on this guy. All anyway, right. yes, number, number one. one. So you know, we talked about stuff being cinematic, and, and Stranger Things is a super cinematic show, and it makes everything. And in season one, they had a whole bunch of stuff with Christmas lights; it was beautiful. So in season two, they try to replicate that, but the way that they do it is by having a character who's basically being possessed and is freakishly drawing um, on paper. And we're like, what is he drawing? And we realize it's this map. So we're going to connect this massive map throughout the house. But when you look at the drawings, you realize they're supposed to be like, oh, this one lines up with this. But all they are are just like tubes. Yeah. So they can literally be connected any way you want. So basically, it's Winona Ryder... Just making up giant map in her house, and it makes yeah. no sense. Well, why doesn't it make sense? Like because she's basically like, now we're gonna uncover this puzzle, 
but the whole point is it's a puzzle that she's uncovering by her choosing where she wants to put it it's you know yeah, what i mean it's, it's like it's like the idea is like if you got like a puzzle just open on your table and instead of solving the picture on the box you just start slapping all the pieces together randomly and like i'm done but masterpiece it's all but it's like oh it, uh, i'm trying to think of there's you no know that way. game you know that game uh, like i think it was like pipe dream or something yeah, where yeah. there's like the ooze that's starting yes, to go down and you right, put the right, pipes that's right, together that's right. you're right. trying to like guide the yes, ooze to yes, a certain yes, thing yes. it's like that Except you don't have a start point and you don't have an end point and all the pipes are just straight lines. <laughs> yeah, and you're exactly. like, well, I'm going to yeah. just lay them together <laughs> and, and oh, it makes a map. So but but doesn't the possession sort of give it that suspe- suspension of disbelief? Like, Except well, that what? the person piecing it together isn't Not possessed. that person. Oh, That's okay. Right. I'm confused So about what once happened. again, you go, uh, okay. Like, I yeah. get it. Like, you're drawing, you're putting it together. But when you actually stop to think about it, you're like, No. That yeah. doesn't work. It's you're sort just of... putting up pieces because the other thing is it's it's different if it was like if it had point A and they're like okay yeah. where's the next one go okay next one but they're like piecing it randomly yeah. all over the house and not to mention so what this ends up being is a map of uh, the town and it's supposed to to act as like this network right of routes that are sort of like sprawling under the the uh, the town and. So it's, it's this great visual of it going running up the walls and on the side. But the solve is that they take a, a regular map of the town when, you know, um, Bob shows up. And he starts, like, drawing designs. They're like, oh, measure p- from point A to point B. Except it's, like, wrapping around walls. And so the, the dimensions that they're measuring out don't even, like, they don't mm-hmm. line up. Like, they, like, they, like, you can't, because he's working on a two, like, this is me being, like, you know, sort but of I like think stupidly that, nerdy. But, <laughs> but it's like, he's working on a two-dimensional map. Uh-huh. And they're lining up points in three dimensions. I disagree, though, because it's not a three-dimensional map. It's still a flat map, but they run out of space to have it going flat on the floor, so it goes up the oh, wall. Yeah. But it's still the same distance. No, you know? because they, they were like, the way that they were charting the points, it wasn't right. like they were like tagging like the wall. The they, were, yeah, like they were like, from point A to point B, like this. And <laughs> so like that's why it's like, that doesn't doesn't make sense. I, Maybe people watch the footage afterwards and be like, no, David, they, they wrapped it <laughs> against the wall and, and it's totally the same thing because I know what you're saying. Like, yeah. If they kept it flat, it would have been fine. Yeah. But it, they're like, they kind of like ran it from wall to wall and, you know, over like through a, through an arch of <laughs> a doorway and you're like, what? See, this is, <laughs> this interests me. Like a lot of the other things we've talked about, like weird character portrayals, I get jarred by that kind of stuff too. Yeah. But this reminds me, like, the Star Wars equivalent to me, to this, is lightsabers in the rain, or lightsabers right, in the right, water. Right, 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 Do right. they work in the water, or do right. they not? Do yeah. raindrops make steam? Like, there's, and you can spend a lot of time thinking about it, but I feel like in the heat of the moment, that sort of detail, like, because you're dealing with something that's so many layers mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. fictional, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at some point in my head, I just don't pay attention to right. it one way For or sure. the other. For sure. And to me, that's... An interesting distinction, like just like in Stranger Things and sometimes in Star Wars, characters do things like, well, that doesn't make any sense, or this character's a moron. But when you, I feel like when you involve things that involve the conceits of these universes, Mm -hmm. that things are the result of demonic possession or Mm -hmm. mystical Mm -hmm. energy fields Mm -hmm. created Mm -hmm. by all living things, Mm -hmm. that there's a certain level of just like, okay, yep. I mean, that's uh, so, why... it, so it interests me that this is so high on the list. Right, 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 right. 
I mean, I, I think the problem is, like, if, if Will, the guy who was drawing it, had put it together yes. and, like, put it all as a map, I could have bought it right. 100%. Because he's possessed, there's, like, yep. demons involved. He was the one who was yep. stuck in the wall in the first yes. season? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah okay. Yeah, because, yeah, like, yes, because yeah. of what's happened to him, yeah. I but like, any kooky for thing sure, that comes sure. from him, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. because of, yeah. you know. Once again, like, and I totally understand, and, and, and for me, too, I don't want to spend time thinking about... Oh, you know, like it's like I always remember. I, I was I was in high school and a, and a guy was talking to me about Mission Impossible, and he had this review, and he's like, and oh, but man, he's riding on the side of his motorcycle, like his shoe should have flown off or something. I was like, that's your biggest issue with Mission Impossible? Is that the realism of a shoe falling off? I'm like, you got to be kidding me! This is the most ridiculous conversation I've ever had. And so I totally, uh, like, I agree with you 100%. Like, there is this, this step. But I will say, the reason why it took me out of the moment is, you know, sometimes when you're watching a show and they're like, but we're smart characters. We're going to do the smart thing. We're going to be Sherlock Holmes and we're going to detective and we're going to solve this stuff. And you look at it and you go, that's not smart at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're watching it being like, this actually doesn't make much sense because they have like, this is a whole montage of like, Oh my God, what is he doing? Wait a second. This is more than just one piece of paper. This isn't one picture. These are all one giant picture. So they're like, they're like unfolding this thing where it's like this mystery of how we're supposed to do it. And then we're like, cool. But like, why didn't you just, you know, if it, if it was just like that, and then they just sort of put it out on the floor, and then it, you know, made a pentagram, and we're like, oh shit, it's a demon pentagram. Then we're like, okay, cool. But because it's like, no, we're going to spend all this time, like, you get the chair. I'm going to put this up on the wall here. And you're like, why would you start it up on the wall there? <laughs> right? like, 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 there are all these, like, things where it's just like, okay, yeah. So, so it becomes that. this big thing, right? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's this huge moment. I go, like, cool looking, yes. I feel like. Does it solve, like, is this, like, does it make sense for the show? Yeah. But. It's also kind of dumb. Like, let's it's, just... it's definitely in the same realm as the whole thing with, with Dustin and the Polywog. Because it's like, yeah. we've got this character. We've got stuff for all the other characters exactly. to do. And we got to figure out something for him to do. And yeah. it, it fits in with the plot. And it makes sense. But he has to do some stupid things for it to make sense. Yes. With this, it's like last season we had this great visual of the Christmas mm-hmm. lights and the letters mm-hmm. and it went viral and mm-hmm. everyone loved it. So we have to have something just as cool as yes. that. that. And instead right. of like going from a story thing to get there, right. they were That's like, right. we have to have a cool visual That's and right. then make it That's make sense. Basically, it was, yeah, it was like sequelitis, right? Like yeah. It was like, we're just going to do a bigger, better. But it's like the first one I actually was like kind of smart. All right, but on the whole, and again, I know you've been saying this mm-hmm. the whole show, but mm-hmm. that aside... Great show. Love the show. Can't wait for the next season. Yeah. Too bad um, it has to be a year. That's right. So I'm, I'm looking forward to Halloween next year. Hopefully there's more Ghostbusters references. Probably not <laughs> because it won't be in 84. But uh, yeah, that's about it. Okay. Well, then that was Stranger Things in a nutshell. David, thank you so much for coming mm, back. My Always pleasure. a blast to have you on the show. Graham, thank you so much for oh, coming back. My so, pleasure. Always thank, a ple- thank you, Jesse. <laughs> in all seriousness, a special thanks to you. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed and would love to hear all your opinions on Stranger Things. And tell Especially us, Billy. Yeah, well, tell us, was Billy cute? <laughs>
Uh, on that, and of course on the folks who helped put this together, uh, Stella Simeonova, our webmaster who gets this all online, and Jamie Reum, our sort of musician-in-chief. Be sure to check him out. Uh, Jamie Reum Official on YouTube, that's R-E-A-U-M-E, and his podcast, Originals and Covers and Beyond, also on YouTube. It's pretty cool. Once you've had a listen to that, then double back. Give us the, you know, your opinions on that, and yes, on Billy. I know, everyone's really excited about that. Uh, Graham, how can they get a hold of us? You can email us at geektop5 at gmail.com. You can go on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash geektop5. Uh, you can go on our Twitter at geektop5, and you can also leave us a review with your Billy commentary on iTunes. <laughs> that would be uh, fantastic. Geek Top 5 is still homeless. Uh, we're in need of a studio. If you live in the greater Toronto area and there's anything you could do to help us out, uh, there are, listen, there are quest rewards. You'll like them, I promise. Please reach out to us. Otherwise, I will still keep recording the best we can, and we'll talk to you again in just another couple of weeks. Geek Top 5. Talk to you soon. <laughs>